0: This is Outspoken, the podcast that's not afraid to say exactly what you're thinking. Our names are Amy, Kate and Sophie Torver. We're identical triplets, but we often don't have identical opinions. So sometimes things can get heated. Outspoken covers all things reality TV, influences, entertainment and issues facing women. That is so fetch. Thank you. There's a rather somber mood in the room at the moment because we've all just discovered that we're old and basically have had it. (laughs) So for those who don't know what we're talking about, there is a meme that's gone viral today and it's depicting a 28-year-old who's basically not cool anymore because she's wearing skinny jeans that are ripped And she's got a side part. Yeah. So the meme says anatomy of an old person. Aging millennials are characterized by their love of things like side parts, skinny jeans, wine and the laughing cry emoji. Many millennials like this one are in a state of discomfort regarding their proximity to middle aged. I personally feel victimized by this because I have somewhat of a side part. I wear skinny jeans and I use that crying with laughter emoji what all we, the time. What are we meant to use besides well, that? we are actually supposed to apparently use the skeleton emoji. And it no, it's c- a skull. The skull, sorry, the skull. I can't even, I don't even know which one it is. Is that because you're meant to be like dead? Like laughter with death? Oh, is that it? Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm really confused about the jean thing because I do remember going through a stage where flares were in briefly and then it was like the low rise skinny jeans and now it's like the high waisted. And I thought they were still in fashion because I do know the baggier jean is also an option, but apparently Zoomers are mm. laughing at us millennials for wearing mm. skinny jeans. Well, I did kind of pick up on a few influencers who were in there, who were about 18, early 20s, and they were wearing the wide leg jeans. And I was like, oh, that must be a thing now. But I, as you said, I didn't realize that skinny jeans were out completely. Actually, now that you mention it, A young girl at my work, she's always wearing baggier jeans. And, like, to be honest, I'm all about that. Like, if it's more comfortable. However, those new sort of rigid mum jeans, they're bloody uncomfortable. Oh, they are. Can I just say, though, men don't understand that that's fashion because they actually look terrible on people. I feel like they're really unflattering. They are. So they're laughing at us millennials now, but I feel like when they're looking back at the photo albums or on Instagram or whatever – they're gonna feel pretty stupid wearing those big baggy jeans. Well, I feel like with fashion, you've kind of got to go with lo- what looks good on you. Like you've got to have a traditional thing, and I think skinny jeans are always going to be traditionally in fashion. Like mm. you can't really go wrong with them. Well, they're more flattering, aren't they? I mean, when you wear those baggy pants, it's always a, a weird ass kind of a bigger. Yeah, it's got a big ass. Like I, I bought some boyfriend jeans the other day, and my aren't boyfriend they jeans. N- no, they're o I, I don't know. They're no, just they they're actually mum jeans. Oh. They're not boyfriend oh, jeans. Mum jeans anyway. And Brandon hates them. Like he's like, Oh, do you have to wear them? Your skinny jeans look so much nicer. Oh wow. I actually like them. I think they did look good, but they were they uncomfortable? They are uncomfortable. The crutch. There's this weird kind of like the material is really hard or something or too high mm. or It just made me feel really old reading all of this because I feel like it doesn't seem that long ago when we were in our 20s and I don't feel like that there was this big focus on our generation paying out the generation mm. before us no. like it seems quite mean some of the tweets so mama mia did an article about it and some of the tweets like apparently we're not even allowed to like harry potter or refer to harry potter anymore I think they're joking oh that being said I feel like we do tear down boomers a lot so <laughs> yeah that is true I, I the thing that I found funny was the side part because for years I always wore a side part and a couple of the girls I used to work with all were trying to tell me that I should wear a middle part because it would make me look older is my part still side or yeah middle? it's a bit of a side is part. that now I'm gonna have to start putting it in the middle I think all of us millennials have to fight back. Let's save our skinny jeans. Let's start a petition or something. Let's get something going in the group. I'll still be wearing mine, but do you know what? It's quite an effort to wear skinny jeans at the moment. After COVID and everything, I just get around in leggings. Was that a sight that, like, is that a sign that we're actually getting old now that we don't even want to wear skinny jeans? Because yeah. I feel like I'm dressed up if I wear skinny jeans. But what I don't get is active wear still in fashion. Like the tight leggings are yeah. still in. So what's the go? I don't get it. But how do you show off your big? kim kardashian ass in a pair of those oversized pants we just established everyone's ass looks big in those pants <laughs> so that's why i want one of your iced coffee fetch you too. no go away please daddy i'm thirsty i'm not your Jane slave thirsty come on daddy i'm not your slave go I away i i've I'll had a long day friend on facebook go away i'm blocking you from facebook Another week rolls around and there is yet another mummy blogger dispute, this time between Lauren DeBoise and Smilf. To start us off, Sophie, for those who don't follow her, who is Lauren Bois? Yeah, well, to be completely transparent, I had no idea who she was before I saw her plastered all over news.com. Now, she is a mummy blogger with over 50,000 followers on Instagram. She's actually a former political journalist, which I found really interesting, particularly as we delve deeper into this story. And appearance-wise, she's bloody Kylie Minogue's twin. Kylie Minogue is definitely her doppelganger. It's actually quite freaky. Well, Sophie, what has pissed people off? Yeah, well, Lauren's actually shared a series of sponsored posts on her Instagram story where she's given the do's and don'ts for what mum should wear on school pickup. And it had a really weird kind of mean girl vibe to it. Why did she think that that was a good idea? Because I feel like anything she put up would have offended mums. Yeah, particularly when it seems like her do's and don'ts weren't very relatable. Because yeah. for me, yes, I'm not a mum, but I imagine I would be rocking up in my tracky dacks, possibly pyjamas at school <laughs> drop offs. Yeah, well, I feel like she did try to make it relatable by talking about how it is something that she's felt really stressed over in the past. And she's actually invested a lot of time, apparently, in researching what is an appropriate school pickup so, outfit. So she feels stressed yet then she wants to shame other mums into buying expensive clothing yeah. brands, like the brand that's paying her to promote her clothes that sounds fair yeah would you guys want to hear some of her tips Mm. i definitely do well, one of the first tip is that mum should wear casual but presentable outfits. So it does appear as though they put a small amount of energy into the outfit. Oh, my gosh. This is my least favorite dress code. I really stress when someone says the dress code is like smart casual, yeah. because what does that even mean? Mm. Like yeah. for a guy, they can wear like chinos and a nice top or something. But for girls, it's like, well, we already discussed how, you know, how controversial jeans are at the moment. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even know what smart casual was. Do you yeah. know what's hilarious? Like, can you imagine men being like, this is the guide of what dads should wear the school Oh, they up. wouldn't give a shit well the thing that I found really disgusting about this comment was though that she said that in dressing in this way it'll allow parents to know that you're not living in a dumpster wow oh my gosh wait so if you don't dress smart casual apparently you're living in a dumpster That is so ridiculous because I really don't think people's clothes are reflective of how clean or messy their house is. I mean, we always roast Sophie for being a little bit messy around the house when she was living with us. And no one would be able to tell that was the case because (laughs) she presents in a pristine fashion. Like, if anything, Amy and I are the ones that – did rock up to her PR company's uh, launch in tracksuit pants yeah. and a jumper. <laughs> you know what, though? Maybe it's because people who dress in a daggier way, maybe it's because they spent more time on their house, like getting that ready. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like with active wear, it's now like a very productive outfit. You know, you can clean your house, you can go out and run errands. Can I- You're not necessarily exercising. Mm. Can I just say that with COVID as well, I don't think anyone's going dressed in smart casual these days. Well, so but- it seems like a really ridiculous time to put something out like this. Well, that's the th- thing because I find the brand alignment with Pedal and Pup who was, is a brand that Lauren was promoting. I find that strange because you would have thought promoting what parents should wear to pick up their kids from school would actually more align with a loungewear company, yeah. not mm. someone selling dresses. Well, I actually have seen a lot of mummy bloggers promoting Pedal and Pup. I first saw it pop up with an Adelaide influencer and I was really surprised because she did, did look incredibly dressed up just to be around the house. I would have thought Pedal and Pup would be more that younger, like 20 somethings. I mean, yeah. maybe they've captured that audience and are looking to branch out into 30 somethings. Well, yeah. Well, some of these outfits though, I've got to go into them. They were absolutely ludicrous to be wearing on school pickup. There was this pink, really tight figure hugging dress that is just so illogical to be wearing. Yeah. How are you dealing with kids in that dress? That to me is so ridiculous because you know, you've know you got to pick up your kids, you've got to hold their backpack and that just is mm. so impractical. Well, the other items were this like spotty jumpsuit and a pink maxi dress. It's like if I was a mother and I saw someone rocking up in that, I would think you have too much time on your hands. Look, I think the maxi dress is okay. The The jumpsuit sounds weird. What about the mums that are coming from work? Because, mm. like, you know, you might be wearing a uniform that is where there is a bit of a distinction. I think in her rules, it's acceptable to come in your work gear. But if you are a stay at home mum, you should make a bit more of an effort just when coming to get them. So just come in your ball gown, apparently. So, so it's very like Stepford wife that you've got the time that, you know, that's a big outing for you to pick your kid up from school. Mm. Well, the thing I find quite contentious is she did touch on the fact that she has never, ever worn pajamas to school drop off. And I think that A lot of mums should have a badge of honour when they rock up in their pyjamas. Like, good on them. Can I just play devil's advocate? Do you think that she was taking the piss a bit with this post and people have taken it too seriously? Mm. I just, I don't think so. I think she's just totally missed the mark. I feel like it came across as totally condescending and very mum shaming. I do feel like with this whole Instagram trend of sharing, like mums sharing their lives on Instagram, that there is this pursuit of perfection. Because we see a lot of mummy bloggers sharing their fancy pantries and their perfected, or sorry, I thought <laughs> you were going to say fancy pants. <laughs> no, they're fancy pantries and all this sort of amazing organizational stuff that they're doing at home. But I feel like this is kind of an extension of that Stepford Wife profile of that they also look perfect. It's really strange to me because I all, I'd never thought there would be this sort of toxic vibe around mummy bloggers. Like it just seems to be this, this weird community where everyone's at each other's throats. Yeah, I suppose we're becoming more aware of these women because we are in our 30s now and and the people that we follow and the pages we follow are changing. Mm. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they're women. Like, I'm sorry, but as you get older, you realise that even when you're in your 30s, you're not past bitchy kind of behaviour. for (laughs) sure. So if you've got to run through some of the backlash, though, Mm. because what has the response been from people? Well, there has been a lot of backlash about it and it has been exacerbated by Smith. Now, we have spoken about her on the podcast before. She is a single mum who uses her platform to basically hold other mummy bloggers to account. She is also a feminist and she's trying to smash down the patriarchy. I love her. She is a bit of a shit stirrer but she keeps things interesting and uh, just for context smilf doesn't actually like to use her name so Smilf's it's meant to be a name yeah so it's meant <laughs> to be a bit of a secret as to what her real name is well that was before another mummy blogger sarah kearns decided to publicly name her but we discussed that on an earlier podcast so we won't get into that but mm. basically it seems like there's this big group of mummy vloggers that are very against smilf mm. and so sophie what did smilf do well, she well, so. <laughs> well, she has been accused of screenshotting these stories and sending them into the Daily Mail. Now, she <laughs> denies this, but Lauren has been saying that she she's pretty sure that Smilf has done this. Yeah, because Lauren called Smilf out on her Instagram stories, mm. didn't she? Yeah. The thing is, I don't actually think Smilf would have done it because the Daily Mail are always trawling Instagram Mm. for stories and all the story really was was saying what exactly had gone down on an Insta story and then people's reactions in the comments. Yeah, and why would Smilf contact a Daily Mail journalist? Because not to be rude, but they're not that trustworthy. They could then completely Mm. turn the story on Smilf and make it this mummy war, which has actually turned out to be. I think it's very unfair of Lauren to name and shame Smilf when she has absolutely no proof. I mean, let's be honest, journalists crawl through the comments of influencers. Their job is to make stories where there aren't a story. And they've obviously done a great job of this Mm. because this has gone off. As someone working in PR, the Daily Mail journos are really hard to get a hold of. So unless Smilf has a friend that's working there, I find it hard Mm. to believe that they would immediately print something like that. Mm. Well, as you touched on, Kate, this story has just gone off. It has appeared on Yahoo7news.com, even in the Daily Telegraph. And because of this huge attention, there has been a lot of hate thrown at Lauren. So she has been receiving death threats, which could which is particularly troubling as a parent when you are putting your children out online like that. So I do feel for her with these sort of hateful comments that are coming in who are the people that are sending death threats i get being angry but who is so angry that they're actually threatening this woman's life probably people that wear pajamas to school (laughs) (laughs) i'm joking (laughs) Well, I'm guessing if people are sending in death threats, the comments on her thread aren't too nice either. What have people said publicly? Well, they've slammed her for being judgmental and also a mean girl. One user wrote, who gives a fuck what you wear to school drop off? If anyone is judging you, they're probably an asshole that talks about women empowering women. But in online comments, body shames others for not being a size six. I also found some comments from a school teacher particularly interesting. She said that it's a tragic way of showing off a sponsored brand by using emotional first time school mums to make a few sales and she went into the fact that you know it's good enough that parents are showing up you know to yeah. be there with their kids i don't need this extra judgment and stress put on them well just on pedal and pup, what do you guys think of their involvement in the whole saga well i find it interesting that they've made the decision to publicly drop lauren from their brand because let's be honest While the influencer has some say in the campaign, the brand would have had to sign off on it. So, them completely just distancing themselves is pretty bad. Well, they said that they didn't support the campaign. It's like, as you said, you clearly would have signed off on this. You gave her the clothes to wear. Also, a lot of influencers have to send in their Instagram stories that they film. It's not like they just pump an Instagram story out and press post. Like, there's a Mm. lot of processes that they would go through. I mean, it is interesting to see how Pedal and Pup actually use influencers moving mm. forward because it seems like they have been targeting mummy bloggers but mm. is it kind of good publicity for them because everyone's talking about it. I mean we're talking about Pedal and Pup on well, our podcast a lot of the news articles actually didn't name Pedal and Pup I don't know if that's because they didn't want to be named to they, be honest though wouldn't it have been a much better marketing idea to promote Pedal and Pup's clothing as something to wear out on the weekend or a girl's night, not to school? Well, I do find Lauren's response really interesting because she put up an Insta story where she was like fully in tears on their, you know, distraught about these death Mm. threats that she was sending through. So it did seem like she was playing the victim a little bit in this oh this is what we see all the time now like you could literally paint the picture it's like someone gets outraged by an influencer being stupid with their platform and then you cue the tears mm. and the Instagram story and the victim which then mentality. gets deleted mm. oh yeah I think that's what I don't get if you're going to put it out an apology Put it on your bloody feed or make it a highlight on your story. Keep it there. I mean, she didn't seem too upset because a few hours later, she took a photo of herself in a ball gown at the shop, making a joke that she's on the way to school pickup. Look, see, that is is actually funny, but it's not funny when you've been playing the victim about, you know, two hours earlier. Yeah, but that's also not funny if you've apologized for being insensitive and trying to put people down. Then you're kind of putting shade on the fact that you actually don't mean your apology at all. I do find it interesting that she was begging these media outlets to pull the story. And I suppose it holds a little bit more weight because she was a former political journalist. So she knows the way these people operate. Yeah, but the way these people operate is then they're not going to pull the story because (laughs) obviously it was getting a lot of clicks if she was getting a lot of people sending hate to her page. But do you know what? Like, obviously, it's horrible getting trolled and hate towards your page. But again, it also then brings attention onto you and the right well, clever influencers can actually exploit that negative attention to be a positive. Well, her commentary was really interesting because she said, I'll never be what you want. I can't be. I don't want to be. I'm not here for you. I'm here for my people. I have no obligation to be who you want me to be. You are not my people. And I found this comment, you know, it's pretty accurate. These influencers have such a dedicated small community of people who love them and their comments seem out of context when you just come into it yeah but not knowing them that's what happens when you get bigger because people come along and they follow your page and they don't really know you're in humor they only follow you because you've become popular i do find this notion of publications taking influencers comments out of context and then posting them onto a really larger platform sort of troubling I feel like it's quite irresponsible in a way because they are obviously taking the most alarming comments and kind of making them bigger than they are and then that's all some people read like some people just read the headline and then get irate over it so I can see that sense that it seems a little bit unfair but I really don't agree with Lauren's responses to the feedback but the only thing really that there is to do is to forgive and forget so I really do I want to forgive you And I want to forget you. Let's get into the influencer rap and kick it off with Shameless's take on Celeb Spellcheck. I was so excited when this popped up in my podcast feed because for a while now, Shameless have been talking a lot about American pop culture, which... Doesn't really interest me. However, the fact that they were willing to talk about this big story in Australia was quite exciting. Yeah. And the fact is they've shied away from talking about Australian influences for so long. And of course, the Celeb Spellcheck drama involves a number of influences who the girls are connected to, mm. like Steph Claire Smith. Well, Olivia Rogers was actually named in the articles as being one of these attendees at this sort of influencer function where they were talking about unmasking the Celeb check. Yeah, and this, of course, was in the Sydney Confidential, an article about unmasking celebs check and was also picked up by Pedestrian TV. I feel like there is a trend on them only touching on topics once other media publications have done it. Oh, definitely, especially with Pedestrian. Like, if it's in Pedestrian, it's going to be covered <laughs> on Shameless. I thought the girls covered the topic quite well, though. Yeah, well, I really did enjoy it. I did notice, though... That they didn't actually mention any of the influences that have been called out. And I know they spoke a lot about the different content that Celeb Spellcheck covers. So they spoke about obviously the kind of the spelling errors, and then they kind of got into the the bitchier, meaner t- content, I suppose, yeah. and how there has been a trend of Celeb Spellcheck targeting certain influences. And one of those people that a lot of people have picked up on is Steph Clare Smith, who You know, Michelle has worked at Keep It Cleaner before. They've had Steph on the podcast. There's clearly a relationship there. Mm. However, they just didn't want to name any of the influencers. Mm. Yeah. What what I love, though, is the way that they were kind of comparing their rise to Slub Spellcheck's rise. So they were touching on the fact that there is a sweet spot of the amount of followers you can have and say whatever you like. So they said that sweet spot is around the 30,000 mark. And now that Celeb Spellcheck has hit 100,000, they said that they have, they see that they have more responsibility, similar to what they felt. And they said that, you know, topics that they covered in their first series, they said, we won't even touch on now because we are now so big that we can't be seen to be, you know, not bullying, but kind of calling out out those people. Well, they kind of said punching down because now Mm. they have a bigger platform than others. I don't know. It is a really contentious topic and an interesting one because obviously our podcast is a lot smaller than Shameless. So we can talk about influencers without looking like we're being horrible because their platforms are a lot larger. However, it does make me feel a bit worried the fact that they kept talking about how these influencers have these big connections and then it's sort of like shutting people down. It's like, well, you know, that's the whole point of journalism. The whole point is to, you know, be that voice for people. Mm. And Like this would be like if, you know, politicians, it would be like saying, oh, we can't talk about what they're doing because they've got too many connections and they're too important. But it felt so. It's so obvious, though, that now they are friends with these people. They do feel uncomfortable to comment on them, and they do have more of an insight into perhaps whether these influencers are sending out legal letters or threatening people for talking about them. I don't know if that's what it was saying, but it was like a threat, wasn't it? That if you comment on Australian influencers and you're in the mm. industry, that they're going to come and shut you down. Or I mean, to... we found it a lot with when we talk about different influencers. They will send their followers after us, and it can destroy podcasts because a lot of them do leave one star reviews. So maybe that's what they're alluding to. Yeah, I would have just liked them to acknowledge the fact that they are friends with people that have been called out on that page, because I found the timing of this topic pretty interesting. I mean, I touched on the fact that Olivia Rogers was apparently at this dinner where this was all discussed. And it was only a couple of weeks ago that Zara and Michelle were actually over at Olivia's house for dinner. So I feel like Celeb Spellcheck would have been a really hot Mm. topic of discussion. Do you think that part of this commentary around influencers power also comes into play in regards to sponsorship so for shameless in particular do you think they felt like they couldn't target particular influencers because they were then going to try and work with similar brands those influencers were aligned with I don't know because there's so many people out in this world who could sponsor your content and do you really want to be associated with brands that might do you know deals with influencers that you don't agree with I mean we certainly don't want to be Yeah, it is a hard one. I suppose their discussion really made me think... Uh, Michelle and Zara are a little bit envious of the fact that Celeb Spellcheck is anonymous because when you are anonymous, you can obviously say whatever you want about people. However, like with Michelle and Zara, everyone knows who they are now. So they have to be really careful about what they said. I almost felt like they were yearning for when their podcast was smaller Mm. and they could talk without having Mm. to filter themselves. But they did seem quite concerned over the fact that Celeb Spellcheck probably couldn't monetize The content Mm. at all. You could see that their brains had gone straight to that, which I thought was they had a really interesting take on it. Well, they did. Well, well, they did also raise the issue of, you know, what they kind of made it sound quite negative. Like what is going to happen to this woman when it is revealed who she is like I don't know Mm. I was sitting there feeling really bad for her because it just seemed quite pessimistic I mean sorry it's not the end of the no Uh, but do you know what it goes back to your point of maybe they've heard discussions going on with influencers and mm. other people who are quite powerful in Melbourne and they're obviously irate that someone's been you know god forbid they get called out and now they're planning this sort of like vendetta Mm. against this girl that they don't even know it's like they're setting out to destroy her Mm. that's exactly what it sounds like I did find the conversation around Celeb Spellcheck and monetization interesting because Zara and Michelle were kind of saying how they're surprised that Celeb Spellcheck doesn't have a plan to make money from this platform, which I thought was quite sad because at the end of the day, there's people that actually just enjoy talking about influencers or like I I do truly think that this girl made the account up as a bit of fun. Yeah, but then again, I feel like they're drawing that conclusion because this is now taking up a lot of her time and energy. Well, and not she, really because she said herself that she doesn't – like I feel like some people think that she just trawls through the accounts. She's so big now that everyone are watchdogs for her and they just send her stuff yeah. and she literally has to post it. It. It, but was it, more that, it was more that they were weighing up is it worth it for her career roost. to be spoiled, you know, ruined because she is named and mm, shamed yeah. and is that worth it and she's not receiving any money for it? Well, on the whole topic of Celeb spell checks identity – do you guys think it would ruin the whole page if we do find out who she is? Because I think some of the allure of the page is that it is this invisible watchdog. It's kind of like Batman. You know, you don't know who it is. Or it's this like godlike creature who they've god-like done no well, you know, They've done no wrong so they can cast yeah, they assertions. Can, to... They can be oh. holier than now because we don't know what they get up to because we don't know who they are. I think the only way she'll be able to monetize it is if her identity is revealed because that's happened in the past to big meme sites in America. there The people's identity have been uh, revealed and no. they've become influencers. There's, there's no way she can monetize no. it because she holds influence to account and pays them out. No. It would have to be a situation like the Inspired Unemployed where it was really clever. The issue is though that she, if she did want to monetize her content, she would have to provide details, her billing details, her name to actually receive payment. So there's no way that's going to happen. It's really going to be interesting to see how this pans out because there are people out there that know Celeb Spellcheck's identity. I mean, hopefully they're good enough friends that they're not going to squeal who it is. But I feel like with Chinese whispers, it won't be long until we really do know who she is. The thing is, she has slid into our DMs a few times and she seems so lovely. Like, I just, I don't know, when I was listening to that podcast, it made me feel concerned for her. But Mm. I just want to say, if you're listening, Celeb Spellcheck, I think it's all going to turn out fine. Hey Upper East Siders, Gossip Girl here. And I have the biggest news ever. Well moving on, Chloe Zepp and Mitchell Orville have announced they've bought a new house. Now, have you guys seen the photos of this house? Because I'd say it's more of a mansion that they've bought. Yeah, well, it was funny because Chloe put up an Insta story and she first described the house as having character. So I was like, oh, maybe they've gone and they're going to renovate an old house. And then she put up this photo of this like Hampton style house with these huge ceilings, this white staircase, a chandelier. It was this mansion of a house are you guys sure that it just wasn't a photo from pinterest because no, she was posting wasn't. photos from pinterest no she said this is a sneak peek of the house yeah i yeah. thought she was like i thought she could have been like oh this is a sneak peek of what i want it to be do like do you know the funny thing is she'll probably be like sarah's day and buy a house that's like completely fine and a beautiful <laughs> house and then rip everything else out because but, they need to renovate it to be perfectly with what I know, they want i love how that house was described as if it was like oh some absolute bomb where yeah. most people just move mm. straight in Well, she did touch on the fact that she wouldn't be including any images of the front of the house for privacy reasons and it did make me think about how many influencers who do do share too much and could be targeted because of these sort of things? Well, we've seen a number of influencers who've actually said on their YouTube channels that they have been robbed. Shani Grimman was one of those. Well, Saffron Barker didn't mind sharing a photo of the front of her house, and she's been pretty open about the Airbnb that her family is staying mm. at during the lockdown, and I was a bit concerned. It oh, my gosh. How amazing was Saffron Barker's house, though? Oh, I feel so jealous that these 20-year-olds are moving into these mansions and being like, oh, my- I bought my first home, and it's a bloody 10-bed, dream <sighs> palace Well, that's something that someone touched on in our Facebook community. She said that she's 22 and it just makes her feel terrible about where she is in life, seeing these people. And I have to say, I'm 31 and I'm still renting. It makes me feel like a bit of a failure. (laughs) Well, Chloe must be raking it in because did you guys see she bought Mitchell this bracelet for their five-year anniversary and apparently it's worth $15,000. That's just obscene. I don't know. I feel like is that going to put people's audiences off or make people more interested to see it? I actually quite like, you that they've bought this house yeah but imagine being able to afford to buy someone a $15,000 bracelet the same week that you're putting all your money down on a house deposit like it's look, unheard of like it's not realistic at all but I feel like YouTube is a bit of an escapism thing and I like to go and watch their content so I actually am looking forward to watching their vlogs about them moving Aww. into their new house it's hard not to be jealous but in a way they were probably some of the influencers that I was actually genuinely happy for a lot of other people have been like oh but them I, they're quite nice well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to join in on the conversation, come and join our Facebook community, which is Outspoken, the podcast community. There's lots of conversations going on there. And if you did enjoy the podcast, please go and leave us a five-star review because we do this as our passion project. So we would love the support.